0: Welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. My name is Alec and I am your host. Um, This week on episode 30, we get the opportunity to talk with the guys over at the Tech Stiller podcast, Um, have an opportunity to talk about coffee, business and everything in between. Uh, Really excited to join them and be a part of what they are doing. If you haven't already, uh, check the Uh, description box you can uh, check out their uh, podcast as well as the link to a full episode of that Uh, we have a little snippet today of uh, what we recorded with them Uh, really excited to have them a part of what we're doing Um, they've been regulars for a while so excited to help them launch this um If you'd like to learn more about the Coffee Unleashed podcast, make sure and subscribe. Uh, You can get all episodes that we record every week and launch out. Uh, Make sure and subscribe at at the apple podcast app uh, google play or spotify we'd love to hear from you uh, as well as if you have any questions uh, e- go ahead and email us at hello at uh, as well as follow along on facebook twitter and instagram where you can get all the updates on what's going on um, so uh, take some time today and enjoy our episode with the tech Stiller podcast So we're sitting down with Alec Todd of Indy Coffee Roasters here in Carmel, Indiana. How are you doing today, Alec? I'm doing great. We're excited to be here. We've got a fun environment today, hopefully, and um, it's a little bit warmer. It is. uh, We get a lot of people coming through, which is fun. They're looking at us like, what are they doing With all of this fancy gear.
1: (laughs) Oh, we've gotten
2: some interesting looks this morning so
0: far, like, trying to set up. Yeah. I was
2: expecting coffee and coffee roasting, but not a recording
0: studio. Yeah. Wow. And
1: and we do have, like, uh, a very shy guest that continues to peek around the corner. Yeah. keep waving. He's one of our regulars. He's in the
0: (laughs) sub-five-year-old category, so... Man, uh, you you are starting them early. We are. He drinks only espresso. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Woo! No. Double Uh, red eyes. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, okay, uh... Joined by my friend Sean Larson, I'm Zach Darnell. Um, for people that don't know ICR, maybe not from here, how would you describe Indie Coffee Roasters to somebody that's never been here before?
0: Yeah, um, so we're a um, coffee roasting company um, at the core, so we're Indie Coffee Roasters. Uh, we have a retail environment in uh, the Carmel Art District, which is a northern suburb of Indianapolis. Um, and they're really the core of what we do is roasting coffee. So um, we we uh, get our own commodity in from overseas, m- many countries, and then uh, we roast it by hand here on a, a pretty old uh, piece of equipment, uh, very manual oriented, um, and then uh, provide the whole bean coffee for both our cafe to build out some really cool and interesting uh, beverages as well as... Uh, offer it out to either the customer at home or uh, other businesses to use as well. So, and this started as a hobby for you yeah. many years ago, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, it was November ish of 2013. We were having, a, like a Thanksgiving family thing. Uh, and I was talking with another coffee shop around here saying, I'd love to do like a coffee tasting. Uh, do you have like sample bags? Um, And uh, he mentioned, yeah, that he could split up some stuff and uh, do a little sampling and everything. So um, I did that. And then he asked me when I came back, you know, have I ever ever thought of roasting coffee? Um, And I told him I didn't know really what that meant or if it was accessible to someone just doing it a one off. Um, And he was like, well, that's how I started. He's like, just grab a a gas stove and a Whirly Pop popcorn maker. And he's like, I'll sell you, uh, you know, a couple, you know, small bags of raw coffee. Um, And then, uh, so I did that and threw it in there um, in the cold of early December in 2013. um, Cranked up that gas stove and just went at it. Um, And uh, 15 minutes later, we had our first batch. Um, And I was smart enough to take video of that. So we do have a video of the first time we made it. Um, But uh, yeah, that's how it all went. Wow. Didn't didn't taste good at all. (laughs) Uh, uh, But there was something really cool about making something by hand and then consuming it later. Um, And then really soon after that, a couple people asked for uh, to buy it. You know, they heard I was doing it. Um, and wanted to buy some stuff. And so my wife and I said, well, we should probably not sell it to anybody in like a Ziploc bag or something. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> <show> <laughs> them, or, you know, a brand or something around it. Yeah. Um, so uh, at the time, uh, we had just moved back to Indianapolis. Indiana and Indianapolis is big to our family. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But we didn't want to be like the cliche indie thing. So... Um, We went away from like Indy, I-N-D-Y, and did Indy, I-N-D-I-E, and then our dog, our dachshund, uh, his name is Indy, so uh, we looked up online really quickly uh, Indy Coffee Roasters, and there wasn't one, so bought those domains quickly, um, and then uh, looked again for coffee shops with dog mascots. And there's really not many. Mm-hmm. Um, so we felt like uh, it was a really cool silhouette. You know, the classic in black and white or, or black and brown really fit really well for, you know, something clean and cool. Awesome. So, uh, that's where Indy Coffee Roasters came from. Okay, so is it named
1: after Indianapolis or Indiana Jones?
0: <laughs> it's sort of... Uh, your, your dog's name. Our right? dog. So our dog's named after Indy. We got him when okay. we were uh, living in Michigan. Um, so it was like a thinking back to our you know, home back roots. Back to your home. Yeah. Cool. So, um, and then that's where the... Uh, where if you've been to our space or bought our coffee, you... You see the dachshund, and mm-hmm. um, that's where he came from. Comes into the shop uh, in the summertime and yeah. hangs out outside. And so if you do come, you'll get a glimpse of him when it warms up. I have met him. Yeah. He's very friendly. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's <laughs> great. I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated, and just trying to picture
2: you standing over a stove, and yeah. whirly yeah. pop, roasting yeah. coffee, uh, realizing that this, you know, th- there's a good chance this is not going to be good. Sure. Um but at some point, uh, you know you, you, you I imagine you kept doing this until it did get good. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was the point when uh, when you were like, "hmm, yeah, it's a nice cup of
0: coffee, yeah I guess yeah, I mean. yeah yeah, I think for me, um, I mean your coffee palate, just like any other food or whatnot, um, it grows as you practice more, so um, my palate was not very <laughs> elevated, and it still has room to grow but At that point, it wasn't really um, that elevated, so there was a lot of opportunity for me. So I ate fresh roasted coffee, whether it's done mediocre or done really well. It still is substantially better than uh, coffee that sat for a while, so that alone really amplified um, the taste and, and what I was getting there. But I think for me, once I started to see... Uh, other people that I that do enjoy coffee at other spaces start to like like it when I when they bought it. it uh, is when I felt like okay maybe I'm figuring something out um, and then it got to the point a couple months after we started where um, you know we had some businesses that wanted to start to serve our stuff so um, I partnered with another friend of mine. Um, to uh, rent some time on his machine. So I was able to do early on at the whirly pop. I could only do a pound or less at a time. Um, and so that a pound every 15 minutes is hard to to Scandal. get 20 pounds at a time. So <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, moving up with that friend really helped. And then we were able to learn from each other and um, had some access to a little better coffee. And uh, so that only continued to improve and, um, into where we we've stepped into now. So, I mean, that's a pretty, it's pretty short timeline. I'm, you know,
2: to my left, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the design bag timeline yeah. starting yeah, in 2013, yeah. 2018. So five, five years of, 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 of growth. into this point, I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's really cool. Sure. Um, and, uh, there'll be pictures and we'll, we'll post some media on our site too. You can check out. Um, uh, but we, we talked earlier about, Having having a, a hobby and turning it into a business. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, this started out as an interesting thing for yep. you, uh, and you, it, it's a business. You, but you were doing something else during the time when you started to grow this as, a, as an interest, a thing that you wanted to present to the world. Yeah. Um,
0: that that switch. When did that happen? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, we've talked about the hobby into the business idea. And for me, you know, early on, I never wanted it to feel like a job uh, because it was a high-end hobby and passion for mine. So I wanted to sort of protect it that way. Um, So when we were uh, selling coffee, even, even at that scale, you know, every dollar we spent went back into buying gear or learning or whatever. So it it essentially just fueled that um, and was never anything where uh, we drew an income or needed to. Um, And so that sort of protected it for me to to continue to be a growth and a hobby thing. Um, But I think what really made the switch over was when my wife and I partnered with our current uh, partners, uh, the McAndrews. And, uh, they have a big passion for coffee and a big passion for community. Um, and it was when uh, I sat down with her and she said, like, we don't want to work with anybody else. You're the, you and Jenny are the people we want to work with. And just, I think that belief, um, in essentially what was a hobby is really what, what made us uh, make that switch okay. over. And, and it brings up
2: a really, another interesting point um, that I think a lot of people take for granted. Uh, there's typically a knowledge gap between a professional uh, service or product and and what the hobby version of that is. Mm-hmm how did you fill that gap? I mean, did you have a mentor or was there people who kind of had this knowledge that you were able to bring into the fold Mm -hmm. or did you just read a
0: bunch of books? I mean, how do you, how do you like to learn? Yeah. Um, so education is one of our five core values here. So, uh, it's a huge part of what we do both for the consumers as well as for our staff. And, um, I've always been a big time learner. So, um, if I don't know how to do something, I'll figure out how to do it and learn how to make it happen. I really uh, value that. So, uh, when it came to starting the business or doing that, all four of us have a very similar attitude from that end. So, you know, none of us have you know uh, hired a staff of this size or ran payroll like this or handled a staff handbook or. Figured out, um, you know, a mission statement or staff values, or you know, as well as then roasting coffee at a production level, how to invoice properly, like all of these things. Um, so for me, I uh, sat down and, and our partners sat down with a lot of other uh, business owners that we look up to, and just asked questions um, and said, you know, how do you how did you get going with it? What you know what things have you learned? What worked and what didn't? Um, and just being open with those people and saying like, we want to support you. We just need help in this avenue. As well as um, throughout my whole coffee journey, I've looked up to a lot of uh, different people. Um, one of which uh, is Cat and Cloud Coffee in Santa Cruz. Um, they do coffee really well and not just make great coffee, but their staff culture is humongously important to them. And that was, for us, what was vitally important was uh, creating a coffee brand that cares about people and cares about our team and and values that above everything, um, because then we know that they'll then create a great product. Yeah, you know. and I'd like to speak to that for a second, because
2: being in this space um i think that's a very real thing and you you feel that you feel like there's a family behind the counter these people are very happy they they're happy to make quality coffee yeah. it, it's it's a very very delightful to experience this when you're here um and so i think that uh any of your customers might agree that's the mm-hmm. case and probably a huge part of the success mm-hmm. as well and that i think is fantastic yeah um it it uh c- talking coffee specifically yeah on, on your journey, you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, know, when do you feel you've attained mastery? And at that point is that, is that, is there another level where you yeah. can continue to grow?
0: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the amazing part about coffee is that it's like this, uh, almost like a Holy grail thing where, you know, you can never really reach that perfect cup of coffee. Uh, some people feel like they've, gotten there or, or whatnot, but um, for us, we always feel like there's an immense amount of room to grow, especially in our commodity creation, so um, what we do ask is that, is our coffee improving month to month. You know, our, our is our uh, coffee team getting better every month and are they doing their best? Um, so as far as that goes, you know, we're continually learning, continually asking questions, uh, talking to larger brands that are doing it really well, uh, being in, in touch with our green coffee importer to learn more on the agricultural side to figure out how that uh, more drastically affects the actual end commodity. Um, So, learning more there, um, as well as then just fine-tuning by tasting and and cupping our stuff really regularly um, and being a a harsh critic. Uh, The other thing that we do a lot uh, from a coffee team standpoint uh, is we're sourcing other people's coffee all the time, not only to uh, support other businesses, but uh, to learn from them. So, uh, we're tasting other coffees so that we can grow our palate and... um, I had uh, mentors say that like in the coffee industry, too many roasters are trying their own stuff and they're too like amped on their own stuff that, uh, that they um, never really grow their palate. Um, so we really try at least once a month or every couple weeks to bring in another coffee that we feel like is at a similar level as ours or, or higher um, and, uh, and put it in line with ours. So you've mentioned community
1: a little bit yeah. and part of your values. Um, there are other roasters in Indy, I believe, a mm-hmm. handful. Um, is that part of the community? Do you guys, is is that a friendly competition where you can share with each other as openly as you're talking about? Yeah. Or is this more other markets that you have mentors from mm-hmm. that there's really not a whole lot of competition from?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on the particular roaster. Um, we all, you know, there's probably ten or so in the oh, wow. Indianapolis area that are maybe somewhere around that. I don't. I hate to like leave people out, um, but that are doing it on more of like a commercial level. Sure. So people that are soar- are roasting coffee for more than just their, their own, own coffee space. shop, yeah. right? Um, so, and those are really the people that we consider to be, uh, in a similar, you know, business point, uh, Mm -hmm. because wholesale is so big for us. Um, so for us, although there is, um, you know, competition, it is very like healthy competition. So, um, we uh, spend a lot of time trying to learn from those guys, what mistakes they've made, Mm -hmm. um, as well as just. You know, I'm the big proponent into um, giving them, like helping everybody out. So if I feel like I've solved a problem, um, you know, just because you take my solution for that problem doesn't mean that you're going to overtake my company or, you know, because um, no one else has our four owners and no one else has our team. Right. or a brand or our core values or or any of that. They may know how to roast just like we do, um, but they don't have that. Um, so,
1: so is it less, is the value prop for ICR less about just simply the coffee and more about
0: who you're buying from? Um, yeah, I mean, for us, it's, you know, we want to put out an amazing, great... Product, sure. Uh, but we want to we want you to feel something emotional when you enjoy that product. Um, usually, it's a connection either with our team or with our brand in some way. Um, because there's a lot of great coffee not only in Indianapolis but around the country. Um, and if there isn't some added value, otherwise, um, it's really difficult to uh, differentiate yourself when all the bags are lined up. Right. Um, so some people have emotional connections to other roasters in the area or um, so we just are not encouraging necessarily for them to change their allegiance or anything um, but um, if they don't have a connection then make that with us and we would love to bring in the fold as well as you know have them with multiple people and uh, enjoy coffee from everybody and uh, we work really hard at Being an open book. Um, So, but I think the coffee industry, especially here in Indianapolis, um, we're very loyal to each other. So, um, as long as all of us, you know, as long as each individual shop is willing to be selfless and like lean on each other in that, then we're willing to bring you into the fold. But if you are more guarded or you are a closed book or whatever, we're not uh we're not as likely to sort of bring you in there um just because there's that expectation that like um we're going to continually help each other and um i i know that if other roasters grow then that's growing the coffee culture for specialty coffee here uh, and that will only in turn help us grow um so i would much rather do that than um than tear anybody down or, yeah. or that. I mean, it's the mentality of the rising
2: tide, mm-hmm. you know, the tide raises all ships. Right. Yep. And I think that's so important yeah. to, to, uh, a community around a culture like coffee, <clears throat> especially one like coffee that has such an enormous history in, 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 you know, our existence is humans in the last 500 years. Um, I mean that to me, that's an interesting question too, because of that, uh, do you have any historical influence over you know looking back over the last several hundred years and in this country or even further back in europe uh and the values that that started to spring up around coffee shops uh have any of those carried forward to today
0: yeah yeah i mean i think uh speaking about us specifically um the uh, not not diner mentality but the diet the original like American Diner is really where coffee or going to a place to get coffee is really where that started Um, and it wasn't really until the west coast Seattle and that brought uh, like European espresso uh, into America obviously there's different timelines and people have different opinions but um, you know that's where it really picked up a lot of steam and uh, you know for us we wanted to avoid Uh, Things where you weren't sitting down and being in the space for a while. Uh, We want to create an environment where you can interact with the staff. Uh, You can uh, make it your place that you come to all the time. Uh, There's always a seat available for you. Um, And the menu is built in a way to take you on that journey Um, as well as then foster conversation. So uh, we want to be a cultural hub, at least in our retail environments, we want to be a cultural hub for that specific community. Um, so that's where whenever we look at expansion and that for our retail spaces, uh, we look for communities that need a cultural hub there uh, to discuss things or issues or um, or just have a safe place to interact. Um, and that's what I think coffee has done really well because it's, uh, it's not alcohol, so... Um, you know, it's a little more broad, you know, larger audience. Um, it's also obviously the common coffee shop culture is there's other options there as well, so tea or you know, other things like that. So it's a pretty broad audience as well as the price point is low. You know, it's not a high end uh bar or something that, you know, is gonna be seven, eight, nine dollars a drink. Um so that allows for a lot much larger audience as well. Um, And uh, that's why I think it started to pick up steam so much and and, uh, be so attractive to uh, other business owners and, you know, people in the community. Yeah, I mean, and and coffee is kind of for a long time
2: because of caffeine and tea even as well. It's been associated with kind of intellectualism and social gatherings and and, um, uh, coming together of ideas. Yep. Do you see that growing that potential beyond just a smaller space of people coming together to have, share a cup of coffee or, or get their, their morning fix. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: is there, is there a larger audience beyond what you currently yeah. Uh, serve? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the core of what our wholesale business is, is that, um, we know we can't build a coffee shop in every community in Indiana. Um, but we know that we could, uh, get our coffee in every, Cafe in Indiana, um, if they so wanted to. Um, so, if we can use our brand and our and our great commodity to essentially create an extension of what we have at our retail spaces, at, and then partner with other businesses that way, uh, then that's where we feel like we can extend our arms uh, in a big way, um, and uh, and create another great opportunity for that community. And, uh, that's where we're very transparent with our potential partners, um, is like, we believe in fostering community and, and culture. And if that's something you believe in, then, you know, we're the coffee for you. Um, but if you're more closed minded or, or, in, you know, inclusive, you know, not inclusive and, uh, which is a bad rap that a lot of specialty shops get is that, You've got to show sort of your membership card uh before you come in um and that's just the opposite mentality for us yeah so
1: so we've talked a little bit about history and you've mentioned your roaster mm-hmm. uh i think when we when we chit chatted a little bit before this thing's what 60 plus yeah, years old
0: we don't fully know but <laughs> uh, part of the it's mystery. around 50 or so yeah okay
1: but you've, you've kind of got this thing retrofitted a little bit with a, well, it's not a Raspi, but it's some kind of microcontroller uh-huh. and a laptop. Yeah. So we also talked a little bit about roasting blind. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about like why you went with this machine, mm-hmm. um, that process, and uh, kind of how you decided on the
0: abstraction layer. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, technology and streamlining and productivity is huge for us. Um, that's where we feel like the core of growing our business is, is taking advantage of uh, tools out there that can partner with the, the maker to achieve something really good. Uh, I think the marriage of technology and, and the craftsman is really important. Um, not leaning on one too heavily um, is really important. But uh, as far as for our specific uh, you know, use case, um, we have a roaster that's... Uh, the San Franciscan is very manual-oriented, even with their new machines. Is that what um, this
1: is? Yeah. Okay.
0: So um, it's very manually-oriented, even with their brand-new gear that comes out. Uh, there's okay. still a lot of uh, manual operation. The newer ones have a little bit more technology embedded in. But uh, for us, uh, we bought this machine um, a while back, and it um, it's more of the old... Style, so it's got a lot of cast iron parts, uh, which is why it's held up so long. Yeah, it's beautiful um, still today. I mean, honestly. Yeah. It's... Um, so we got really lucky to find one um, in the in more of the old aesthetic style. Um, so with that, it came with really no automation of any kind, um, as well as really no updated technology. Um, So for us, we had to marry both together. Uh, There's a lot of manual operations still involved uh, on the roasting end, but we use, it's called Cropster, which is an online roasting platform that has a uh, built-in app uh, for uh, the desktop that uh, essentially we feed our two temperature probes into this little module and talks to the computer and, and gives us a readout of uh, exhaust temp and bean temp right now uh, we will be adding uh, gas pressure um, readings as well but um, at this time that's really what an exhaust temperature too but that's really what we're uh, reading um, and those are really somewhat essential numbers on the roasting end as you're tracking it uh, and the great part about uh, marrying the computer is um, what it's doing when we're roasting is it's graphing uh, live what's happening with the temperature and where the coffee's going and, and how it's moving. We call it a roast curve uh, when you think of it in the roasting language. Uh, so it you know, starts really high, dips down, and then curves up. Um, so that's the roaster's curve. Um, and, uh, and so Cropster really helps us with that. But you know, our roaster still is the one manually operating the gas, uh, the air, uh, the air um, amount, and all of that. Uh, doing that all manually, so uh, that's where it's a cool marriage. You, uh, when we talked earlier, you mentioned,
2: um, and I was really impressed by it, the fact that you find data very important to collect and to, you know, extrapolate meaning from as you as you move forward in your mm-hmm. process uh, and let it inform uh, your roasting rather than dictate how you yep. how you roast it. And I think yep. that's really really interesting because you maintain that craftsmanship, yep. but you also are very keenly aware mm-hmm. of what's happening. So how, how do you scale that data? Mm-hmm. So once you, once you realize that the per machine you have, which I'm sitting right in front of, it's incredible, um, like you mentioned, you might need another one of these eventually, mm-hmm. or a bigger machine, mm-hmm. um, is how you've designed the way you collect
0: data scalable mm-hmm. uh, in a yeah. meaningful way. Yeah, so um, the great part about um, working with the platform that we do um, is that um, we create uh, what they're called as roast profiles. Um, and so what what Cropster does for us is... Um, and then we also cup the coffee based on those profiles. So, you know, our week-to-week stuff is the coffee's roasted. It's marked in Cropster as, you know, roast number 118, whatever. Um, and they're all given an individual ID uh, based on... Um, exactly what that roast did. Uh, so when we've already roasted the coffee once, uh, we have a, a reference profile and then the live. And so the reference profile is on that screen at the same time. Um, so we can follow that with the live and then replicate what we did the first time. But then the great part is, is that it still tracks each roast individually. And then we cup every week uh, and score that coffee if that particular roast scored higher, uh, it automatically says, "Hey, you should make this your reference roast because it scored higher this time." Uh, so that's where we can, you know, fluctuate that. Um, and then as we scale as a company, you know, we can still continue to take those profiles um, and uh, follow them uh, as we scale. The only real difference that happens is uh, batch size. So like right now where we have a 25 pound roaster the next step up would be like a 50 to 75 pound machine um so you will have to deviate a little bit because of you know the drum size and all of that it will fluctuate how quickly it heats up um so that's where it would slightly change, but you're not starting all over so um that's the really great benefit it's also a common language among roasters so any roaster that uses that platform I can uh, email them my profile and be like, hey, what are your thoughts? Here's my notes, you know, and then they can read that and it's a common language as well as, you know, we don't really do this, but um, you could share profiles if you want to. So oh, that's really good. Cool. Um, yeah.
1: So you, you've you also mentioned this concept of roasting blind. Yeah. Not, uh, can you kind of explain that really quick?
0: Yeah. So um, and it's sort of like, it's different for every roasting company but uh, it's a big importance for me that all of our roasting team um, can roast coffee without uh, without any technology at all um, I want to know that they have the ability to um, to use their eyes ears and uh, nose um, and see where the coffees going obviously, They'll be able to roast better when they can marry it with technology because they can see some more data and, and learn there. But um, it's important for us to uh, both because of fail failover stuff. Computers crash all the time. Temperature stuff, you know, breaks. Um, all that happens, um, and I don't want us ever to feel so dependent that you know, if that happens, you know, you're you're in trouble. Um, as well as I think it helps you better understand how you use that technology because you know um, you know like our roaster here um, still is smelling the coffee all the time he's still you know he's still mainly at the front of the roaster not back at the computer um, looking at it through the side glass smelling it listening for what the sounds of the machine is doing Um, so uh, that's super important for me so I have a wholehearted confidence that he could roast without a computer or any temperature gauges easily um and that's just important that's and that's important across our brand as well um we talk about that with uh staff making uh coffee you know they should be able to make a pour over and 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 pull shots without using a scale at all um obviously we encourage them to do that because it will only fine-tune it but um they should be able to know how the coffee interacts uh, without doing that as well. So, I'd like to talk to, uh, about
2: innovation for yep. a minute. Um, there's there's part of coffee that's very um, traditional. Sure. You know, you expect a cup of coffee. You know, it's it, there's a there's a very long tradition around that. Yep. But we're also talking about uh, a consumable, something that has flavor. So how how do you go about making interesting um, changes to 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 the mm-hmm. standard or traditional drinks that yeah. the offerings that other coffee shops have. I mean, what, yeah. what do you what do you do? Or are you interested in doing things that are mm-hmm. different?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think for us, uh, when we think of coffee, uh, we do anything we can to really highlight the the whole bean coffee. So uh, roasting coffee and highlighting that whole bean is what's most important. So we look for opportunities. Uh, in our cafe, as well as opportunities on the wholesale end um, to better do that. So uh, we talk about innovation a little bit. Uh, we always feel like there's a more streamlined or better way to do what we're doing uh, all of the time, uh, whether it be an added piece of technology or a more efficient way of doing it, uh, or a way to learn. So. Uh, we're always looking for that. Um, it can be frustrating sometimes for our staff because we're always uh, changing systems or learning or taking their, you know, leaning on our managers and taking their advice and uh, and all of that. Um, but I think the staff does appreciate that uh, although they're learning something new all the time, it uh, makes them a little more well-rounded as well as improves on the process. So, Um, We've made changes at at our cafe, just with systems and all of that, uh, that we thought when we started, like, these are perfect, you know, um, but we just continue to learn. Um, And then as far as coffee as a commodity, um, there's always room for creativity. Um, That's the amazing part about, like, uh, being a roaster being a barista or something. It's it's a lot of your fingerprint involved there. So um, at our cafes, we... um, we do signature drinks uh, every season, so uh, we do them um, like we're about to launch our um, our spring signature drinks next week, um, and so uh, we give staff the opportunities to submit a creation of any kind. It That's has awesome. our main parameters are it has to showcase the coffee, or uh, we have a category for tea as well has to showcase uh, one of those. Um, and then uh, we grade, the, you know, they submit them, and then they prepare them for a panel of uh, three people. Uh, and then we grade them all and pick the, the winning score, and then those are on uh, for the entire season. Um, so they have a really cool shot to uh, both be creative uh, as well as uh, then have their drink on the menu for you know, three months. And well, that's amazing yeah. too, because you know, you're, you're, you're propagating the, the trade and the
2: knowledge that, that you've attained and, you know, lighting that torch to eventually be passed.
0: And I think that's incredible. That's such a
2: really cool feature of what you do.
0: Yeah. And we've been blessed to have really creative minded people uh, on our team. And I think, you know, speaking to other businesses, you just have to give your team room to be creative. Um, give them the gap or the space to do that um, because everybody's creative in some way we've all been built uh, to do something like that and and it may be in different ways but um, we just try to give them the room to do that and we give them the room as well um, to innovate some of our systems uh, or any of that too if they have some suggestions uh, for our management team um, we're more than open to that um, and, uh, we'll take those in and digest them. It's, it's definitely a team mentality and, and it's not, um, you know, owner driven decisions. We're very much staff driven, uh, cause we understand we have a team of some great, really smart people, uh, that are doing some really great things. So why not lean on some of their expertise and, and learn from them too. So, yeah, very cool. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah.
1: So, so what's next for ICR?
0: Yeah, um, so Indy Coffee Roasters in 2019, we're heavily focusing on uh, getting our coffee out and about in the, in the community. So uh, whether it be um, our nitro cold brew or cold brew kegs that we're distributing um, around the area, as well as um, our uh, whole bean coffee. Um, so um, all of the coffee that we supply to some businesses, offices, Um, or uh, other cafes, uh, getting our coffee out and about there, um, as well as uh, continuing to grow our sales online straight to the customer. So um, we've had the opportunity to be a part of a new subscription box um, called Indie Coffee Box over the next uh, year, uh, which is really fun. Um, uh, But we're talking about how do we continually improve uh, the online ordering process. So um, that's going to be there. Um, we're excited to, uh, we host a podcast as well. Um, so excited to, uh, be offering that as well as our blog is going to be, uh, continuing to grow. Um, what's the name of the podcast? Yeah. So we're coffee unleashed podcast. Um, it's mainly targeted at, um, business owners or, uh, people who are interested in strategy. Obviously coffee is a big part of that, but, um, it's definitely not a, hey, we're talking about the new cool coffee bean that's in the world right now. Um, it's uh, definitely geared toward how we can be more of an open book for everybody. Um, so yeah, we, we do that weekly and uh, we've had an awesome opportunity to have some really great people on that. Um, it's fun. Um, yeah, and then uh, as far as like where you'll be able to see our coffee served directly from us, um We're going to be at uh, three different farmers markets this summer Um, so if you are local to the Indianapolis area uh, we're going to be out and about there. I believe we're launching where we were at Carmel last year so we'll be there again Uh, but I believe the marketing team is going to launch out where we're going to be um, here soon. So um, That's always fun too. Uh, It's a different different crew of people and uh, it's a uh, sort of run and gun environment and everybody's excited to walk around and see all the vendors so uh, we're excited to be out a little bit more and, and doing that so I'm excited to uh, hopefully get our coffee in as many places around the Midwest um, when we came together as a team of four uh, our goal is to be the best coffee roaster in the Midwest um, and uh, we believe that uh, we can get there if we stay focused and, um, and uh, definitely not uh, by way of tearing down other roasters, what we hope is if we 're the best, then there 's multiples of those and uh, that um, we can help and other roasters in the area can help put Indiana on the map as far as coffee goes uh, so uh yeah we 're excited to do that this year and and excited to uh to get our stuff out there so that 's really cool yeah i'm I, so uh, excited yeah
2: no it 's it 's incredible i <laughs> This is, this is an incredible place. Sure. I mean, uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, I, I had today, um, and this will kind of lead into uh, my last question for you. Um, I had a, uh, a Costa Rican pour over, mm-hmm. um, and I, I usually put cream in my coffee mm-hmm. because, you know. You're I'm, learning. We're all on yeah. a journey, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but, I, but I, I, I took a sip of this before I went over and, and put cream in it, and I was like, I don't know. I, that might actually ruin this.
1: <laughs> um, I did a cafe au lait. Is that allowed?
2: Maybe. <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> so for somebody who's just hearing about any coffee roasters for the first time, and they want to come in and and, and give it a shot. Yeah. What, what's what's the entry drink? like? And I guess it sure. really depends on who you are, but for somebody who's maybe a novice coffee
0: drinker uh-huh. who's used to the coffee water from the gas station sure. or something like this, yeah,
2: what is a good place to start them at?
0: Yeah. Um, so... We always encourage you to think uh, of our menu in a couple different ways. So uh, we have like our black coffee menu and then uh, coffee with milk, sort of those sides. Um, So um, we have all our espresso based drinks. So if you really like uh, dairy and espresso or that type of stuff, um, we encourage you to look at our menu and from the top down uh, is less milk. So uh, espresso, cortado, cappuccino, latte, they all Um, But they're all built in a way that uh, they taste really great. It just is is dependent on on what you think. Uh, My favorite, uh, like, dairy side, I'm a big uh, just straight espresso person. But uh, when I am going to move to dairy, I usually hit uh, Cortado, which is a a one-to-one balance, meaning two ounces of espresso, two ounces of milk. Uh, It's a really great balance, not too heavy on the dairy to where it overshadows the coffee, um, but fits really well. And it's Um,
1: also like a little less of a drink. So it's less, I've I've had one, they're delicious. and It's Mm -hmm. like less heavy, I feel
0: like. Yeah. I mean, it's only a four to five ounce drink. So um, you're not going to get heavy hit um, either on your wallet or, um, you know, in your stomach either. Um, So It's a great way if you're not ready to just jump straight into espresso. Um, And then uh, if you're looking more on the coffee side uh, or just black coffee side, um, we, like he mentioned, we do uh, batch brew coffee, which uh, currently is um, our Brazilian coffee. It's a great entry point for people, um, but obviously it's going to be very, uh, we call it gateway. So uh, very chocolate, caramel heavy Um, It's an amazing coffee, um, but it's nothing uh, too bright or exciting, um, where if you want to maybe try something a little bit more unique, uh, that's why we have our pour over bar where we uh, carry three different coffees um, and they rotate again seasonally. So um, there's uh, usually a couple coffees that are a little bit more further on that path. um, And then you have one out of those three that's um, more advanced as far as palate goes. But what we encourage people to do is, uh, if you do like black coffee, uh, ask the barista you know, what they recommend, uh, as well as share with them what uh, sort of coffee you are hoping to get. Um, and they can steer you in the right direction and then navigate through all of those coffees. Um, try them out and, and see what you think. And um, like we've said, coffee is a journey and and everybody's on that journey Uh, we just don't want you to get stuck somewhere so um, try different spots and ask a lot of questions and we'll be uh, here um, again not asking for membership cards or you know to show you're you're an advanced drinker but um, we're ready to take you on that journey so well I certainly have been uh, exposed to new things since I've
2: come here and and, Mm -hmm. and have more than anything realized that I'm in fact, on a journey uh, yeah. as well uh, i' I've, I've been aware of other more advanced coffees, but uh-huh. not to the point where somebody's been willing to talk about it yep. beyond yep. a shot
1: of espresso yep. or yep. a bold roast huh. yeah so anyway yeah. yeah I'm excited to learn yeah. what i'm drinking sure. I love coffee mm-hmm. from you know black coffee to espresso yeah. to uh, cafe l but I honestly, if you put two of them in front of me, I couldn't tell you the mm-hmm. difference. I could tell you which one I like better. Yeah. I'll get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, education is huge. So whether it's education um, when you're just walking up to the bar, mm-hmm. we encourage if you've never been here, come and sit on the bar and watch uh, your drink being made. Talk to the barista while they're doing it. Uh, they'd love to talk to you about what's happening and, and why it looks a certain way. Um, so do that, as well as if like, you want to dive deeper into that, uh, we do uh, public cuppings every month. So uh, third Thursday of every month, they're open, uh, really inexpensive tickets. Uh, it's a really fun environment where you learn how to taste coffee and why different coffees are a different way. Um, as well as we offer Indy Coffee Roaster University. So we're in our second year of that. Uh, And every quarter, uh, we on the second Saturday, we offer a more intense class. So uh, it's a two to two and a half hour deep dive into uh, like the last one we talked about how to make great coffee at home. So they had the opportunity to learn uh, from our coffee team and then um, try a bunch of really cool equipment and um and do that stuff and uh so we're excited to do that more if you want to uh deep dive into that those are some avenues for you so
1: all right so i've never been to coffee indie coffee roasters how do i find out about some of these classes and cupping yeah. time frames how do i get um, connected
0: yeah so um check follow us on instagram at indie coffee roasters that's where we'll release uh, the new dates um but you can check out um indiecoffeeroasters.com and then click on buy online and that's where uh, you can buy our coffee, all of our, uh, you know, brewing equipment, as well as apparel, and then the tickets for uh, public cuppings and um, and the uh, ICRU classes. So, um, like I said, the cuppings are one are the uh, third Thursday of every month, and then uh, keep your eye out for uh, for everything else. They do go really quick, so uh, jump on them
1: awesome well the swag yeah. is real i love the cups yeah. those are my
0: favorite yeah yeah absolutely
2: i i think that uh and these
0: are for sale yeah i can get... uh yep yeah we have them uh, online or uh or here in the store so awesome yeah very cool yeah cool well Alec, thanks guys thank you so yeah, much brother. thank you very it's much great it's combo a absolute pleasure yeah, yeah i appreciate it and um yeah thanks for having us on and, and coming through appreciate it yeah That was the Tech Stiller podcast. We had the opportunity again to be featured with them. Really excited to uh, have the opportunity to chat. Um, Thanks so much for listening to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. As always, make sure and subscribe and um, uh, get regular updates on what we are doing on Google Play, Apple, or Spotify. Uh, we'd love that. As well as, if you have any questions, go ahead and email us at hello at indiecoffeeroasters.com. And as always, make sure and follow us on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, where we update things on the regular. Again, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we will hear from you guys soon. And as always, make sure and enjoy your coffee unleashed.